After the ensuing mental breakdowns of Godzilla 98, our heroes have ventured onto a new challenge, going through the entire Star Wars saga. Coming to you from a galaxy far, far away, this is Star Wars Month on the Discount Bin. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Discount Bin. And by that uh, intro, you now know that we're doing Star Wars Month here. And so basically every episode we're going to go over a new trilogy of the Star Wars films. And we've decided to go on chronological order, so we'll go by the prequels the original trilogy, and then finishing off with the sequels. And we'll try to, to re, um, bring in, like, the uh, the Star Wars stories, like Solo and uh, Rogue One at some point. But today, we're going to be talking about the oh-so-loved prequels, which we binged-watched yesterday. That was, what, nearly nine eight hours? hours. Of, eight, yeah. eight hours of, I'm not going to say complete agony, but... <laughs> But uh, but yeah, rather painful in in itself. So I'm going to uh, leave it to Kellen, as you can take off this episode. <laughs> so let's go with episode one, right? Starting off, the Phantom Menace. Um, I like this movie. Uh, it's it's easily not the best of the prequels. We all know which one that is, and we'll get to that later. But I like the Phantom Menace a lot. Uh, I will say it was not as good as I remembered it being. <laughs> Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, the CGI Jar Jar Binks might be the bane of my existence. Every scene he's in just stinks. And, like, uh, uh, and Kid Anakin is just so fucking annoying every, every single kid character every kid actor in this movie stinks bad <laughs> correct but let me ask okay you no, no 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 i will defend natalie portman and kira knightley okay. i think they both were good they everyone were really else kids though they were like teenagers at that point but yeah they were Kellen, like 13 but I everyone else is doo-doo yeah who was uh the phantom menace the phantom menace with darth maul are you sure about that well, technically, it's the Sith, because the Phantom Menace is that they didn't know that the Sith had come back. So, like a phantom, the Sith had returned, thus the Phantom Menace. Okay. And yes, I am sure about that. I'm not. <laughs> so, what? yeah, the Phantom Menace, I think, is the most unnecessarily shit-on movie in the original prequels. Well, uh, original prequels. In the prequels. Um... Because don't get me wrong, none of like apart from episode three, the first two movies are rough, but I think episode one has easily the most redeeming qualities of the first two. It has that insanely great lightsaber duel between Obi-Wan Kenobi, Kaigon Jin and Darth Maul. It has fun scenes like I know it goes on too long, but I think the pod racing scene is really fun, despite how cringe Anakin's actor tries to make it. Um, and I think that uh Kaigon Jin is a really interesting character. Now, I will note, of the three of us, I am easily the biggest Star Wars nerd. I read all the lore. I read the books. Uh, I got really deep into it. So I am very much set in my ways on how I view the prequels. And nothing will convince me not to like the original. Fuck, I keep saying original. And nothing will convince me to uh, not like the prequels. But episode one's rougher than I remember. Uh, but it has some really fun moments. It has some great acting. And apart from the CGI aging horribly, mm -hmm. I would say this is a decent movie. Um, 
I would give it like a six. I, I, Tanner, yeah. I don't know what your thoughts are. No, I, I would give it a six as well. I, I think like, yeah, definitely like it. It's like a midpoint. Like it's definitely a mid shelf. If we're going to go yeah. off like that easily mid shelf. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not, it's not terrible. Right. <laughs> it's just painfully, it's a painfully average movie. And I, and I think that yeah. a lot of that comes from how long the runtime is and how, absolutely how like, cause I was tuning out a lot. I found when we're watching this, uh, there was a lot of unnecessarily long scenes like the pod racing scene. Um, we don't even, get much in like action wise like until Mm -hmm. the over the hour mark and good lord yeah scenes with anakin's child actor and any scene with jar jar completely ruined the movie and again the cgi the cgi is painful (laughs) like so bad and here's the deal like i kept saying this yesterday when we're watching them cgi on the droids looked fine it looked it looked decent for 1999 but Mm -hmm. fleshy creatures like jar jar (laughs) and like any any a bunch of the characters in that pod racing scene like that was playstation 2 type graphics (laughs) it was it was laughable (laughs) i think that one of the biggest issues with this movie is that the cgi was so bad but then you would see um, the Viceroy for the Trade Federation who were mm-hmm. people in costumes and it looked so much better. I mean, the fact that the trade entire Trade Federation is kind of just like a racist depiction of Asian people kind of yikes, but like at least they looked good. <laughs> I would like my biggest question with this movie. Someone please explain to me why Anakin's mom sounds like the female version of Jean-Claude Van Damme. Also, why is her name Shmi? Why is her name Shmi Skywalker? Shmi Skywalker. I didn't like. I didn't even know that was her name. And I asked, "What what movie were we on when when I asked that?" Does Anakin's we were on episode mom, two. Okay, we just started asked, the second one. Yeah, and I asked, "Does Anakin's mom have a canonical name?" <laughs> and I don't think we all think, or we all said no. We all couldn't come yeah. up with anything. And then you, at some point, were like, "Whoa, Tanner, her name is Shmi. <laughs> her name is fucking Shmi." Thank you, George Lucas. Very cool. (laughs) Well, um, if you guys have noticed that G-Money's been a little quiet thus far, that's because we've been saving his opinion for last. G-Money, please tell us your thoughts on episode one. I want to start this off just by saying that I'm not a big Star Wars fan. Uh, I never really was. I've seen bits and pieces of the movies and like I, I knew everything going into watching this. Uh, But I could never stomach sitting down and watching episode one or episode two or episode four or episode five. Um, Getting to sit down and power through episodes one, two, and three made me really think about the films uh, critically. And what I decided was by the end of the third episode of the three prequels, I hate episode one the most. You are so wrong, it physically pains me. Okay, so from a standard consciousness of just people not liking the prequels, they don't like the second one because of how Anakin is portrayed. And I'm not really going to get into that now. What I didn't like about the first movie was how much they had to load onto you. 
at the beginning as if you've never seen a Star Wars movie. As if you've never seen a movie. There was so much exposition being dropped on you at the start of the movie to try and explain everything. The pod racing went on for way too long. I really didn't like Kid Anakin. It was fine. It was just another bad child actor. It happens. I, like, I could have forgiven all of that. If the movie was less boring. There was so much talk of politics. There were so many things that I didn't understand. And then when I finally did begin to understand it, it needed to be hammered in. All about the council and the coup and, like, the 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 culture that's going on in Naboo and the war that's going to take place. It wasn't until that nail was really hammered in that I was like, I don't, I don't care anymore. And they try to make you forgive them by giving you that amazing fight scene at the end of the movie with Darth Maul. Which was great. And then Darth Maul dies in like a minute. And you're like, oh, okay. it was not a minute. It, it was, was not definitely not a minute. Not a minute. <laughs> I'm exaggerating. dies because he doesn't actually. That's true. Spoilers. He doesn't die. But he never shows up again. So if you're a general movie watcher in 1999, you're like, oh, okay, he's gone now. Like, it's... For a Star Wars movie, it's the most boring one that I've watched. It's oh cool to God. get the Bro. beginning of the... No, listen. I don't it's want cool to. It's cool to get the beginning of the backstory of Anakin. And, it, you know, like, everything was fine. I still don't understand what a midichlorian really is. It's just raw energy that Liam Neeson so... was rambling about. A midichlorian, by the way, let this be known to all Star Wars fans listening. If you like the midichlorian concept, fuck you. Because the midichlorians are so stupid and even canonically barely make sense. But basically, the midichlorians are a living creature thing created not necessarily created but that embodies someone's potential to use the force so the more midichlorians you have theoretically the stronger a force user you will be why they decided to introduce that in these films i have no idea because it's a stupid fucking concept and it stinks sure please continue liam neeson was fantastic i'm sad that he was only in the first movie facts um Obi-Wan was fantastic in this movie. It was great. Are we all in agreement that Ewan McGregor is the best Obi-Wan? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. compared to the old guy. <laughs> yeah, how many other Obi-Wans sure. are there other than like the original trilogy? And then Well, uh, there's the voice actors from like the Clone yeah, Wars. But honestly, the Clone War voice actor is pretty spot on to uh, to um, Ewan but McGregor. Ewan McGregor is who, yeah, exactly. He's trying to sound like Ewan McGregor. So like, if anyone out there is trying to come at us and say that Ewan McGregor is not the best Obi-Wan, you're wrong. I'm going to end this by saying that episode one was my like least favorite of the three. I don't uh, It gets a solid like six out of ten. It is on the middle shelf. It is a Star Wars movie. And the next two movies were able to hold my interest and sustain my disbelief a lot better than the first one did because that they is were disgusting just, of you shut to say up. they were just <laughs> movies that established their canon and moved forward i didn't need to be pandered to as a general movie watcher they just made star wars movies literally everything you just said is so wrong um but at least i will give you that we all are in agreement this is a middle shelf movie it absolutely is i yeah. wouldn't i wouldn't put it any higher 
I wouldn't put it any lower. It doesn't. It doesn't deserve anything lower. Like no, if exactly. You're looking, if you're looking back on it, you'd probably be like, oh yeah, that movie kind of stunk, didn't it? But like after watching it, and then compare even comparing it to like Attack of the Clones, we'll get to that soon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it it doesn't deserve be, to be any lower than a middle shelf. It's a decent Star Wars movie. It sets up the prequels well, I think at least. I will stand by that this is the second least deserving of being shit on movie in the prequels. Um, I think it's a fun watch. I think if you're a Star Wars fan, you know, you might have some moments in it where like the, the bad child acting or the, the poorly aged CGI or Jar Jar fucking Banks uh, takes you out of it for like a few minutes. But overall, I would say this is a fun watch if you're a Star Wars fan. I think they could have cut half an hour. Oh, they totally they could have cut more than half an hour <laughs> just for sake of sanity. Cut like like five minutes off the pod, uh, the pod racing alone. Absolutely. And also, uh, I would just like this to be noted. I need someone to contact me and let me know why the fuck child Anakin has a goddamn slinky in his bedroom. <laughs> With that, uh, speaking of G money being wrong. Uh, I would actually like G Money to open up with his thoughts on episode two. Attack of the Clones is the most hated Star Wars movie, and I don't get it. Oh my god! I d- I you know what? Okay, I don't get again. how you don't get that. How about it? <laughs> because I am like it's because I'm not as heavily involved with Star Wars. I am just looking at this as if it's a movie. I am looking at this and I'm looking at this now like 16, 17-year-old Anakin who was being told to be directed as a teenager, right? As a teenager that was supposed to be emotionally stunted. So it's a character that wants to lash out but knows that he shouldn't. So he's in restraint and he's in conflict with himself. He doesn't know how to act around a girl he hasn't seen in 10 years. That stupid line, everyone knows it's a stupid line. The I hate sand line. Right? I don't like sand. It's coarse and it gets everywhere. But like, if if that's what you're basing your, your hatred of this movie off of, off of one bad line, then let's throw back to the first movie with, now this is pod racing. <laughs> Which is arguably a much worse line because I disagree. There's like he's. I'm just gonna keep going. Attack of the Clones is really cool. <laughs> I like it. I like the way that they handled Anakin. I like how they just threw Obi Wan into the mentor role because he was forced to after the first movie. You just get to pick up with the story ten years later, and you just believe that this is the next thing that happens. You get a quick exposition that Anakin hasn't seen Padme in 10 years and he's still obsessed with her because he is not allowed to see anyone else. You've got Count Dooku as a cool villain who doesn't show up until like the last half hour of the movie, (laughs) which is really stupid. You have a lot of really stupid shit that Yoda says, which are all absolutes. I'm not going to get into that because Kellen got really mad at me. Here we fucking go again. The Jedi are horrible people. Is what? Oh my I God! Want to get fuck across. off! No, 
actually shut up. It, I'm blaming this all on George Lucas. This whole concept of balance to the force, meaning that there can be no dark oh, side to the go. force, means oh my God, nothing so about dumb. balance. And this whole Dude, trilogy. Dude, shut up. No. Actually <laughs> shut your freaking whore mouth. The whole, the whole thing about the force is that the force is not supposed to necessarily be good or bad. It's supposed to be a distinctive truth. Like... The force is supposed to bring balance in the sense that it's supposed to keep things peaceful. I understand and at ease. that. If there's a dark side, there isn't balance because the force is supposed to be good. This is what I'm trying to get across. The entire idea of a native good thing when held from a flawed perspective of a living being is what creates the flaw. The whole idea of the Jedi being the source of good is what creates the contradiction. It's what George Lucas wasn't able to portray as a writer. That's why I think it's stupid. Because the Jedi trying to force this whole idea of devout holiness is what creates the lack of balance. Not anything to do with the Sith or the dark side. Bruh, it's the whole, oh my god. No, it, like, so that's wrong. literally what comes across as the Jedi Council. So please explain to me then, mm -hmm. uh, how and in what way did the Jedi cause Darth Sidious to take power? No, that was all Darth Sidious. That was all him. So you're telling me that the main thing that happens that causes most of the deaths, that causes most of the problems, that creates the Galactic Empire, and that plunges the Force into the dark side wasn't started by the Jedi. Huh, it's almost like I just disproved your entire point. The whole on that problem, note, nope, stop talking. No, the whole problem with the trilogy <laughs> comes from the fact talking. that no one properly cares for Anakin. Okay, here's my thing. Major Star Wars nerd. I fucking love Anakin Skywalker. I have a difficult time making it through these movies because I just see, and you guys can attest to this, every time there was an opportunity, I would mention it. There are so many opportunities throughout the, the prequel trilogy where someone could have saved Anakin. Yes. And it's hard to watch... But that doesn't make the second movie good. The second movie fucking sucks. It's two hours of politics, of listening to Anakin be like, hey, hey, Padme, I'm going to become a fucking psycho, dude. I'm freaking crazy. But I feel bad about it. For two hours. It's politics. It's nonsense. Count Dooku, who, in my opinion, is one of the coolest Sith Lords ever. Read the books. Watch the Clone Wars. He's great only shows up like an hour and 40 minutes into this fucking movie has a super sick fucking lightsaber duel but that still doesn't make up for how trash this movie is then leaves meanwhile we got to like fucking anakin sucks in this movie the the literal only good character in this movie throughout all those scenes with anakin and padme is padme because padme was like dude you're a fucking jedi knight and i'm a senator like, we can't just fall in love and get married and stuff, dude. We got to do our job. And she doesn't change her mind until she's under distress thinking they're about to die, which I don't know about you guys, but like, I wouldn't I wouldn't take that as her word. She probably was just like, well, if I'm going to die, I might as well make out with this hot dude before doing so. Um, 
But it doesn't make up for how terrible the script is, for how awful the like, don't get me wrong. Hayden Christensen's performance is exactly what it should be. But that doesn't make it an enjoyable performance because listening to a 17 year old, 16 year old, however old he is, teenager, bitch and whine for two hours is not enjoyable. And everything to do with this movie is bad. There's no interest in this movie for me. Like, the only entertaining parts are the parts with Obi-Wan. Everything else, kind of shitty, kind of doo-doo, kind of boring, kind of don't give a fuck. There was a lot less Jar Jar Binks in the second one, so it had that going for it. I just don't understand how you can say that the second movie is better than Phantom Menace when Phantom Menace had far better performances from uh, Liam Neeson, from Ewan McGregor, from... uh, whoever the fuck plays Darth Maul (laughs) from the guy that plays Palpatine, much more enjoyable performances, much more flow to that story, much less bitchy, whiny. I don't like sand. And I know that I keep bringing up the sand line, but the sand line is not my biggest fault in this movie. The biggest fault in this movie is that it's a Star Wars movie where nothing action based, nothing interesting, nothing cool happens until the last 30 minutes of the fucking movie. And this runtime is long. It's the longest out of the prequels, I think, right? I think so. I'm pretty sure. Tanner, what what would you think about episode two? Hate it. Actually, <laughs> this one stunk so bad. <laughs> like, like I'm glad you guys went into like the in depth of like the characters and the storyline because I was tuning out so much because I just could not bear what was going on. And I want to bring up the. St- Stupid scenes. The un... Bro, you know when they're in the, uh, uh, like, the droid factory and mm-hmm. C-3PO and R2-D2 go in there? <laughs> and the, yeah. these stupid CGI C-3PO ends up, what, falling into the factory and gets his head knocked off and then, by chance, gets his head placed onto the body of a battle droid and then has a battle droid head placed onto his body. And that's supposed to be funny. <laughs> Bro, the dro- yeah, the droids were comic relief, and that's it. Mm-hmm. They could have been th- they could have been somewhere else the entire movie. They didn't have to be on screen, and the droids would have had no use throughout these they movies. Didn't have to be in the movie at all. But George no. Lucas went, "Oh, I need another callback to my original series. Yeah. Better force these in here." I've always thought that Anakin being the one who made C three PO was stupid. Like, it was always just, like, like you said, a way for George Lucas to be like, hey, guys, remember my other really successful trilogy? <laughs> um, I fucking, I, I never liked the concept of little boy Anakin. It was just like, yeah, I just made fucking C-3PO. You know, one of the most smart, advanced fucking robots in the series. Yeah, that was me. Also, how dumb is that last, like, Coliseum scene until the Jedis arrive Everything yep. before that, when like uh, Obi Wan, Padme, and Anakin are like tied up to the poles, and they just let like three m- monsters go at them, and the yeah. monsters stink. They sucked, at their <laughs> and job. they go on for so yeah, long. It was ridiculously long. But hey, at least we have uh, what's his name, um, Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, Samuel L. Jackson is great in these movies with the purple um, lightsaber. I will say uh, that 
Coliseum scene is one of my favorite scenes in all of Star Wars. I think it's a super fun, entertaining scene. I love that you see so many Jedis at once because you don't get that, obviously, in the rest of the movies because the Jedis, you know, stuff we'll be getting into later. Um, But that's it like that. And the lightsaber duel with Count Dooku, honestly, for me, everything that Count Dooku's in, I love because Count Dooku is my all time favorite Sith Lord. Again, read the books, watch Clone Wars. Uh, I love Dooku, but it's not enough to save this absolute dog shit movie. It, I will not put it in the trash shoot because I think that's too cruel. <laughs> but this is an easy discount bin for me. I would say I would say bottom shelf there like discount like. When we think of the discount bin, I think of like literal nothing, nothing good about it. Like start to finish, it was lame. At least this movie, even though I tuned out so many times because of the dumb shit that was happening, at least there was like the Count Dooku battle, and then uh, the col- the end half of the Coliseum scene. Here's my retort to that, though, because those scenes are very good. Name me any other scene other than those and the I don't like sand scene. scene you can't. I can't. I, can. I actually can't. When, when Anakin and Padme are in the metalworks factory and Padme almost has lava poured on her. Yeah, but that's useless. But that scene stinks. I like that scene. It was really shitty CGI, but it was Yeah, but like, you also like this movie. Yeah. Which invalidates your take. That's this what is happens the worst. when you're not a diehard Star Wars fan. This movie's actually brutal. Like, even just objectively. The CGI on that scene, especially in the the droid factory, it was like Spy Kids. It was like Spy Kids 3. <laughs> it, was. it was. It was like Spy Kids 3. Dang. Like, I felt like the entire time, like I was just waiting for a thumb person to walk <laughs> by. All right, so for my rating for this movie, um, I'm giving it... Like in 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 terms of the discount bin, it's also going on the middle shelf next episode one. Um, but in terms of like a normal rating, I'm giving it a seven out of ten. I'm what? putting it above Good the first. God. No, hear me. I know. Like I've already said this to you guys, but just for the sake of this, I'm putting it ahead of episode one fully because it didn't hold my hand and it didn't pander me into being a Star Wars movie. It was just a Star Wars movie, and I was okay with that. This movie gets in a 5.5 out of 10 for me. And the only reason I'm giving it that 0.5 is Count Dooku and the lightsaber duels. If it wasn't for those, this movie wouldn't even be a 5. It'd be like a 4. It's a 5. It's a 5 for me out of 10. But I mean, hey, Jankle Fett is kind of cool. <laughs> but that, yeah, that, that's literally it. I can't, br- I can't bring up any other points then other than Jango Fett and uh, Samuel L. Jackson because those are, those are some cool side characters. Mace Windu is probably like my favorite jedi why i think he's cool like i'm not i'm not i'm not judging that's a fine take i just like wanted Uh, to know so from what i've read of like uh extended star wars canon mace windu's whole thing and like the purple lightsaber i know it was added to the movie because samuel l jackson added for it or asked for it sorry (laughs) um but they, he did they not. Could, no, no, no. He did not ask for it. Samuel L. Jackson said the only way he would be in Star Wars <laughs> is if they gave him a purple lightsaber. Right. OK, well, they, they added <laughs> purple lightsabers to the canon of Star Wars afterwards, and they made it so that, you know, if you used a purple lightsaber, it was like a combination of light and dark uh, knowledge. So it's like being able to control the dark side, but not falling victim to it, which is why 
welcome to my TED talk. Anakin should have been taught by Mace Windu. And then none of this would have ever happened. I mean, if you want to get into extended lore, um, I think the biggest tragedy out of all of this is that Kaigon Jin couldn't train Anakin. True. Because Kaigon Jin, if Kaigon had survived, would have been the perfect master for Anakin. Because the difference between Kaigon and Obi-Wan is that Obi-Wan was very like, dude, you're not doing it by the rules. Where's Jorgen von Strangle, right? The Timmy Tana, you know, the rules. Uh, that was terrible. Edit that out. Um, <laughs> no, I won't. But, but like, Obi-Wan was very like, dude, you're not playing it by the rules. And kind of showed his disappointment when he wouldn't. Kaigon Jin, even when Obi-Wan fucked up, was always the like, I'm proud of you. Like, don't worry about it. You're young. You're a young Jedi Knight. You're going to figure it out. And Obi-Wan had moments like that, like, which we'll get into in, in the third movie, but he didn't give Anakin enough credit. Now, to Anakin's fault, as we all know, Anakin was extraordinarily full of himself. Like, in, in this movie, in episode two, he says the line, it's Obi-Wan, he's jealous of me and how strong I'm going to become. Now, of course, he said this after his mother died and he slaughtered a bunch of sand people, which uh, Padme, that's kind of a red flag. She chief. was on a lot kind of, of a red flag in that moment. You know? Yeah. So, like, I, I get that, you know, Anakin had his faults, but I think that. Kaigon Jin was such a smart Jedi Knight, like he he was a Jedi Master. Sorry, he was such a smart Jedi Master with such a vast understanding, not only of the Force but of the emotional side of the Force. You know, he he kind of understood, I think, better than Obi Wan the doubts that can creep into a young Jedi's mind. So, I agree, Mace Windu would have been better than Obi Wan, but I don't think anyone could have trained him better than Kai Gon Jinn. And That's I will great. also say this, Obi Wan, like kind of a dick in in episode two little 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 bit of a dick with that let's get to the good stuff finally (laughs) let's get to a movie that oddly enough i'm feeling like dread about and it's solely because it hurts so bad (laughs) no we can we can all agree this is the best of the trilogy Oh, oh yeah no doubt about it my only problem was because we watched these all back to back even though i have sat through episode three before um, I, I was, I was checked out by the time we started this one. I was like, I know this is the best one, but like, I want to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I was so tired no. last night. What were, what were your thoughts, Tanner? Cause I, I know I'm definitely going to rant. So I, I, I want you guys to kind of say your parts. No, this is, Revenge of the Sith is easily the best of the trilogy and the best, in my opinion, at least the last best, uh, mainline star wars movie that that uh um you know follows the skywalker uh saga basically like forget the sequels those were all doo-doo we'll get to those in another episode but before that easily the best coming after the uh the original trilogy of course like it just does everything that the prequel to to set up uh to set up darth vader it does everything right. It shows Anakin, you know, getting turned to the dark side. Quickly it sees him falling. Bat- yeah, falling. It's, he, he really, it really follows that battle in between he wants to do things right, 
but at the same time he want he's, he's almost like filled with greed and um palpatine is kind of using that where he's like you got you join me and i can help you save your wife and then <laughs> he doesn't but but you claim to hate capitalism. <laughs> you you don't like capitalism yet you exist. <laughs> but but yeah, we see Anakin battle with himself like trying to figure out should he should he join with Palpatine because he knows like it's not the Jedi way and he just saw you know Palpatine th- literally yeet Mace Windu Mace Windu out of a window. And that kind of shook him to his core. So just can I, watching... Can I, can I tack on to that for a moment? Because this was one okay. of the things that bugged me with that. Um, at the beginning of episode three, uh, Palpatine is the one who tells Anakin to kill Dooku, right? Even though Anakin says it's not the Jedi way. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to Mace Windu going to kill Palpatine. And that's what makes Anakin stumble. He's like, oh no he's going to kill someone and that's not what jedi do uh, he just freezes and i i don't understand that i don't understand like i get that he wanted palpatine to answer for his crimes but like you know the dude's evil i think what it was like what they were trying to go for was anakin deeply regretted every time he went against the Jedi way like deeply I like that was his biggest anger in life outside of the death of his mother was that he consistently failed to uphold to the standards of the Jedi Council but I think what upset him about that scene wasn't like what they were trying to go for was it was a culmination of not only is Mace Windu about to go against the Jedi way But Mace Windu didn't make Anakin a master because the Jedi Council didn't trust him because of his outlashes. Outlashes, lash outs, you know what I'm just Mm -hmm. trying to say. Mm -hmm. Um, So to see not just any Jedi master, but one of the strongest, most respected on the Council going to do something that for years Anakin's been told is wrong... I think is kind of what they were trying to kind of portray it as like Anakin was stunned and in a way saddened and angered that he's not a Jedi master, despite one of the most powerful, most respected doing something that he knows he would get punished for. So the hypocrisy is what drove him over. Yeah, exactly. He like he said later on in this movie, I've seen through the lies of the Jedi Council, The, the, the thing that I love about this movie and my rants kind of started and I'm so sorry. (laughs) Um, This movie tells its story better than in my opinion, any other star Wars movie ever, ever. I don't care anyone out there yelling at me, but rogue one, but, but empire strikes back be gone. I cast you into the shadows. Um, I love this movie revenge of the sith is my favorite star wars movie because it's i the way it was put to me once that's kind of stuck with me is it's a movie where you know the ending like you know he's turning to vader like everyone knows he's turning to vader you've known the entire time he's turning to vader that was vader that's crazy (laughs) (laughs) but the way the movie sets it up makes you hate that he's turning to vader 
because you've seen Anakin's soft side and you've seen how troubled he is. And the, it, it, the whole movie, it just makes you go, someone fucking help this dude. Someone give him the guidance. And he comes so close when Obi-Wan gets sent to kill Grievous instead of him. And he goes, I know I've disappointed you, Master. And Obi-Wan goes, no, Anakin, I'm proud of you. You're going to be a better Jedi than I ever was. Like, you're incredible. You're amazing. Don't forget that. All you need is patience. And you called it, G-Money. As they walked away, Anakin said, may the Force be with you, Master. And Obi-Wan said, goodbye, my brother. Because even though he didn't know it, that was the last time Obi-Wan saw Anakin before he became a Sith. This movie's a fucking masterpiece. And that's why it upsets me so much. Because there are people like... Boomers. There are people like my uncle. My stepfather. Well, mostly my uncle. My uncle's the biggest Star Wars fan I know. Who hate the prequels and hate this movie. And I'm like, dude, just watch it again. It's objectively a fantastic movie, let alone a fantastic Star Wars movie. It has everything you want. You and McGregor's performance, Hayden Christensen's performance. Most of the performances were great. Just incredible. And the only real fault I can give to this movie is, okay, bro, why the fuck did you include Count Dooku? He was, he said like four lines. He literally said four lines. Yeah, like... (laughs) That's my one issue. Like, he had maybe to be give the turning Count Dooku. Point. He had to be the yeah. turning point for Anakin to, like, make his first I'm just first saying, like, give the man a little like... more context, you know? Yeah. That he was in there for a cup of coffee and then died. <laughs> um, Did a sick front flip and got his head cut off. <laughs> as someone who loves the extended lore and as someone who's read the books, like, this movie is everything that you want from a Star Wars movie. It mentions Darth Plagueis. Plagueis, Plagueis, however the fuck you want to say it. Um, it mentions like the, the kind of forgotten past of the Jedi council. And I love how it plays to Anakin's emotions so well. Like Darth Sidious is a genius villain because he, he doesn't go, Oh, I can turn him. So I'm going to, he takes it so slowly. He builds trust with Anakin. Then he goes, he doesn't pitch it as, Oh, the Jedi are curious about me? Well, that can't be my fault. He pitches it as, the Jedi are curious about me? It's because they know that you trust me. They're trying to get you to turn on those you trust. And Anakin goes, oh shit, maybe he's right, and plants that seed of doubt. And then it's, oh, by the way, I can save your wife. And that's what really gets Anakin, because he lost his mother. And the one thing he says throughout this movie is, I won't lose you like I lost my mother. And then and then Palpatine has the audacity, after like rebuilding Anakin, like giving him the Darth Vader suit, to be like, it seems when you're rage, you've killed her. Bro, the, yep, man, the audacity. Fully, fully turns him. It seems in your rage, you killed Padme. But like... To, to Palpatine's credit, like this whole like Machiavellian scheme he's had going on for three movies, right? Yeah, that was like, a really good way of putting it, by the way. I like that. He he knew from the get-go, like, this is this is what I do. I'm going to plant the doubt. I'm going to sow the fear. I'm going to turn this man into exactly what I want. And then as soon as he thinks that, like, as soon as he's cut his ties to the Jedi, then I can just hammer home, like, you are, you are just Vader now. You have nothing left. 
like that that was a really great way to end it and a really great way to just transition into all right here's episode four he's a villain like there's no humanity Mm -hmm. they build darth vader in such an incredible way and the best part of the movie the best part was battle of the fates absolutely yep the greatest lightsaber duel in Star Wars history. God, the choreography was nuts. That, like, G-Money was the one that pointed this out. Uh, they rehearsed that for three months. And it shows. And it was the only fight scene in the prequels that wasn't sped up. It was incredible. Like, the music was right. The scene was right. The lines. I have failed you, Anakin. I have failed you. I should have known the Jedi were plotting to take over. And then... From there to that final scene, which is Hayden Christensen's best performance. You see him as Obi-Wan has chopped his legs off, sitting by a fucking lake, river, whatever, of lava. His eyes slowly turn red, but you see the pain in his face. You see the regret. You see the sadness as Obi-Wan yells, you are the chosen one. And then after that, when Anakin finally yells, I hate you, Obi-Wan just goes, you are my brother, Anakin. I loved you. Also, what a delivery for the I hate you. So good. Couldn't have done it better. So good. You felt everything that he went through in that moment. Because in that moment, he sees the Jedi not as... Not just because his mind is turned as some council or some form of rebellion against his power, but it's the thing keeping him from Padme. He thinks the Jedi Council and Obi-Wan specifically has turned Padme against him. And in that moment, you can see all of his fears of losing his mother, now losing Padme, losing the Jedi Council Losing his fucking legs and arm, which would probably suck. Tis but a flesh wound. All comes into one moment of him regretfully but bitterly yelling, I hate you. It's a fucking masterpiece of a movie. Also, can we can we talk about the one of the best not I was gonna I was almost gonna say Sith Lords, but he's not even like a he doesn't even he's not a force user. General Grievous. What a sick villain. Yeah. This dude yes, this dude needs to have more like there needs to be something more of him. Like I know we got the Clone Wars, like the series, but in mm-hmm. the, I don't know. I like him in the Clone Wars just didn't there wasn't that wasn't sitting well. He, he kind of felt like a forced villain. They were just kind of like, "Uh, oh, he's the big bad guy." And like <laughs> I don't know, at least with this movie, you know, we see him at what he truly is and he's just a fleshy creature with a with a with a robot body. He's an alien with a robot yeah. exoskeleton. Mm-hmm. And I said this he's like Star Wars RoboCop. Anyways, <laughs> what a cool what a cool side villain basically. Honestly, one of my favorite side villains. I think he and Dooku both need like a real extensive like movie series whatever you want to say mm-hmm. and i know both of them like you said were included in the clone wars and i love yeah. dooku in the clone wars but i kind of agree with you that grievous the entire time just kind of feels like they're like he's the bad guy but i mean like okay uh the way i see it 
is that Grievous is used as a B-plot to keep Obi-Wan away from Anakin, right? And for that point, it's done really well. But if if you look at that critically, right, then you just know, oh, this he's not he's not the bad guy. Right. If this movie is about Anakin, Anakin's not dealing with Grievous. Grievous doesn't really matter. He was still fantastic. I like I think he's really cool. I was really upset because I thought he was in the second movie. I was just kind of like waiting for the third movie to start because I was like, I want to see Grievous. Um, he's a really cool villain. He's really well done for the little bit that he does. And I think you're right. I would love to see something new. Like, I'm sure if they ever plan on it, they could do like a great like Disney Plus show about him or something. Well, hey, there's that Obi-Wan show that's uh, yeah. that's coming out at some point. Well, starting filming soon. Maybe oh, yeah. They'll, maybe, yeah, maybe they'll bring uh, Grievous into that. Getting back to Revenge of the Sith, one thing that I think is very underrated in this movie is movie is uh, Natalie Portman has an insanely good performance in this movie. You she, feel for Padme throughout the film. She did really well throughout the trilogy. Yeah, like, she's absolutely. the most consistent character. I think she's one of the best characters in the films because she's consistently this strong, noble leader that wants better for her people and for those she cares about. And in this movie, your heart just breaks for Padme as you can tell she knows something's wrong with Anakin. And like the pain in her face and the way she delivered that line, I don't know you anymore. You're going down a path that I cannot follow. Just like, fuck, man. And then and then Anakin immediately responds with because of Obi-Wan. And she goes, no, because of what you've done, like I don't think people realize those who may have not watched this movie in a while, how dark Anakin becomes. He kills not just Jedi. He kills fucking younglings like he kills children. It's also where he says something like, uh, what does he say? He's like, I'm I'm saving the uh, does he say I'm saving the the Republic or something? He said, I'm bringing I've brought justice, uh, liberty and freedom and power to my new empire. Yeah, after killing the children. Yeah. Your new empire. So Anakin, my allegiance is to the Republic, to democracy. He has a line with Padme after that encounter or maybe. No, it's before. I don't remember anymore. Either way, he talks to Padme (laughs) Um, coming off the ship. Obi-Wan's still like sitting in the ship or whatever. And that's when he brings up like, you know, throwback to episode two when he's like, I hate it. Like, you know, oh, I think one person should be in power, Uh, you know. Yeah. Fast forward to in episode where we're at now. two, he mentions that um, he thinks that uh, politicians are the problem and that they should just be listing their people. And when Padme was like, You mean like how we do? <laughs> he went, Well, then why does nothing get done? And she's like, Dude, because people have other ideas. And then, yeah, Anakin goes, I think they should be forced to agree then. And then she kind of plays it into, Haha, me make funny joke. <laughs> and then in this movie, he's like, yeah, so anyway, um, we're in control now, and it can just be you and I. I can overthrow the Emperor, I can be all-powerful, and then we'll be in charge. Also, like, dude lies to Padme multiple times in the movie, and it's just scummy. Yeah. Anakin's scummy. Yeah. 
it it it's so hard to like like I keep saying it's so hard to watch Anakin fall because you guys can attest to this. There were multiple times just during this movie where I went, if that dude just said something, mm-hmm. <laughs> Anakin wouldn't be evil. Um, and most of the times you might even respond with, yeah, but then we wouldn't have a movie, which fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like there were so many opportunities in this movie where someone could have saved Anakin. Hell, even the part that breaks your heart the most is when Padme goes, Let's leave all this behind. Run away with me. Neither of us will stay where we are. It'll just be us and help me raise our baby. And Anakin basically goes, we don't have to run. We can rule. Which is how you know that, like, if even Padme couldn't save him, no one could save him. So this is an amazing fucking movie. It has everything you want from action to, to genuine drama and an emotional underneath story that just gets me every time. Yesterday, I didn't give it this rating, but upon review, sitting on it, I will. Not only is this a top shelf for me, this is a 10 out of 10 movie. Oh, wow. I would give it I would give it a, an easy top shelf. I wouldn't give it, give it a 10 out of 10. I'll give it a 9 out of 10, though. And that's just for a few, like, a bit of dated CGI especially that scene where they're on um that like republic carrier or whatever and uh or not republic carrier but um separatist carrier and r2d2 splurges on some b2 <laughs> battle droids with oil and then lights them on fire that was kind of cringe in the movie. but bessie <laughs> oscar worthy anyways yeah that that's the only scene i could probably like uh think about if i'm trying to think of like a bad scene or something that I don't really like about the movie, but everything else, like everything else is great. So yeah, nine out of 10 easy top shelf. Again, coming from someone who's not really a big star Wars movie, uh, star Wars fan. I give this one the best rating of the three. I give it an eight out of 10. It still goes on the top shelf, but like space fantasy is just not my thing. I think that's a testament though, to how good this movie is that you're someone who doesn't even really like star Wars or space fantasy in general, and you still liked this movie enough to give it an 8 out of 10. So this is a message going out to all you fucking prequel haters out there who are listening to this, coming up with stupid, contrived, bullshit reasons as to why the prequels are bad. You go watch Revenge of the Sith and know that someone who not only doesn't even really like Star Wars, but doesn't even really like space fantasy, gave that movie an 8 out of 10. So if you still don't like Revenge of the Sith, fuck you. Also, I will admit, I'm only giving it a 10 out of 10 because I have, like, so much nostalgia and so much emotional investment with this movie. But I think it's a great movie. So, yeah, there you have it. That's all three prequels. I'm going to come out and say right now that G-Money is still horribly wrong. Episode 2 is still the worst of these three movies. And, uh, yeah, stay tuned for our next episode where we will review the original three Star Wars movies. And for the discount bin, I'm Tanner. I'm Jeffrey. And I'm Kellen. See you next time.